Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the 76th episode of the Cotton Companion Podcast. It's late July. The U.S. cotton crop appears to be in reasonably good shape despite some dry conditions, a tropical storm in South Texas, and, and of course, our annual insect issues. This is Jim Stedman. I'm senior editor of Cotton Grower. As always, I'm joined by Cotton Grower editor Frank Giles. And today, a special guest, Beck Barnes, joins us for this episode. Gentlemen, how are you doing? I'm great. Boy, I'm feeling special. It's rare that I get called a special guest to anything, uh, much less the podcast that I used to host. But I'm super happy to be be jumping back on here with you and Frank. We're glad to have you back. And, and you're here for a reason, and we'll get into that shortly. On that, Frank, everything okay on your end of the world? Yes, doing well down here in Florida. We kind of are keeping the eye on the tropics right now. There's a storm out in the Atlantic that has got tropical storm potential that's sort of looking like it's got his eyes on Florida right now. So uh, we're kind of keeping an eye on that. Uh, maybe maybe it'll be light, maybe bring some uh, needed rain up into Georgia and the Carolinas because they're kind of dry on that cotton ground there. Yeah, let, let's hope so. That's that's one of the dry areas. And uh, of course, we're, we're still waiting on any kind of reports out of South Texas from uh, Tropical Storm Hannah and, and what kind of uh, impact it may have had on, on the cotton crop. But, you know, certainly anytime a storm comes in at, uh, at, the, at the point in the season where those folks were, it, uh, it becomes problematic. So keeping our fingers crossed that everything goes well there. Uh, as I said, we've got some interesting topics we want to discuss today, uh, including the long road to an award presentation. Uh, but before we get started, Let's hear a short message from our sponsor, Phytogen. Phytogen is pleased to sponsor the Cotton Companion, bringing you the latest news to help you thrive all season long. Okay, thanks as always to the folks at Phytogen for sponsoring the Cotton Companion podcast. And as always, before we get started, we're going to turn things over to our colleague, Robin Sickberg, for a custom content interview. She's joined again today by Dr. Sean Butler, who is Phytogen Cotton Development Specialist in East Georgia. Hello, I'm Robin Sitberg, Custom Content Editor for Meister Media Worldwide, publisher of Cotton Grower Magazine. I'm here again with Dr. Sean Butler, Phytogen Cotton Development Specialist in East Georgia. Welcome back, Sean. Thanks for your time, Robin. You know, the last time we talked, we talked about environmental conditions and how the season was going. And this time I'd like to ask more about what varieties are looking good so far this season. Absolutely. So there's, there's no question from the Phytogen brand, there's one particular variety that we're most excited about, regardless where you are in the cotton belt, and that's new Phytogen 400 W3FE. Uh, this is a yield champion with root knot resistance, bacterial blight resistance, wide strike three, three gene bollworm protection, and the elite weed control system in Enlist with Phytogen 400 fits a lot of acres, fits a lot of different management strategies and a lot of environments. Just about wherever you are in the cotton belt, if you're going to look at a phytogen variety, I would highly recommend looking at the mid-maturing phytogen 400 W3FE. Additionally for South Georgia, a couple that we're really excited about are both phytogen 500, new to for 2020, as well as phytogen 580. These full season varieties really help us on our, our deep sands, especially in the droughts that we see late season. Uh, hold on through those stresses, still able to put on more fruit and continue to produce those high yield potential and high yields with good fiber quality uh, that we're looking for. Again, just need those full season varieties to push through that stress. 
One that I'm more excited about, I think, than any is Phytogen 360W3FE. This variety is currently sold in the Mid-South, uh, but wanted to bring it down here, kind of see how it fit in some of these more shorter season growing styles uh, that we have in East Georgia. Uh, again, when I saw it, it just looked like cotton and brought it down. And it's one of those that everybody's gone down the road at 70 and seen it and wanted to know what, what variety is that, because this just looks like cotton. It's the only way I know how to describe it. It's nice to hear that some of these varieties are really standing out and, and excelling uh, this year. What, what is coming down the pike in 2021? What's Phytogen working on? Absolutely. So the one thing I think that we're most excited about bringing to the cotton industry is reniform resistance. It would be the first commercial varieties that are resistant to reniform. And again, we talked about 360, how people have, have noticed it. But the reniform varieties, when you put them on acres, uh, where in the past they haven't even been able to grow cotton, it's so bad. These varieties don't seem to take too much of a lick. Roots go down, grab that moisture and water, take off, and, and really look to knock back those reniform populations for later on down the road. So very excited both about the resistance in reniform, but having it in mature, a wide range of maturities with excellent yield potential and all the different protection that we offer from our other phytogen breeding traits. It's going to be welcome news for um, growers who have problems with reniform. It's going to provide some nice opportunities for them. Um, I've got to wrap up now, but I want to thank you so much for being on the program, sharing this information, and growers can go to phytogen.com for more information. Thank you so much, Sean. Thanks for having me, Robin. Thank you, Robin, and thank you, Sean, for bringing us that interview. With Beck joining us again today, we're going to break our format just a little bit uh, with one quick look at one important news item of the past week, followed by a visit with Dalen Hancock, who is our 2019 Cotton Grower Cotton Achievement Award winner. Frank, why don't you go ahead and, and fill us in on the, the big news item. Yes, um, last week there was news impacting the registration of Enlist Duo herbicide, and it again involves the ninth circuit court of appeals that's the same court that vacated the registrations of key dicamba herbicides a few weeks back but this ruling was some good news in that the court upheld the registrations of corteva's 2,4-D and glyphosate premix for over-the-top use on its enlist enlist cotton corn and soybeans uh, this comes on the hills over the long over the long battle with dicamba product labels right as growers were heading into their weed control season this year. After the EPA ruling did, did allow growers to utilize their existing stocks of the products Extendimax, Ingenia, and Fexapan dicamba herbicides through July 31st, which is coming up fast. So, you know, we're hearing reports that growers by and large got through this weed control season okay, but, you know, there's still work to do ahead. The legal challenge of Enlist Duo was brought by the same plaintiffs responsible for the dicamba action, including the Center for Food Safety and several other activist organizations. They challenged the EPA label of Enlist Duo for volatility potential, increased use of herbicide, the impact on habitats for monarch butterflies and other species, and other environmental harm. The majority ruling by the Ninth Circuit with one judge dissenting dismissed all but one of the plaintiff's arguments. The court did remand the EPA to address evidence concerning harm to monarch butterflies and whether 
the registration of the herbicide would lead to an uh, unreasonable adverse effects on the environment. So the EPA, EPA and Corteva have a little work to do, but Jim, all in all, it's a better outcome than the dicamba uh, ruling. Yeah, there's no question about that. I think that one, this one, uh, as, we, as we talked about earlier when we were covering all the dicamba uh, discussions, uh, we knew this was on the docket, but nobody knew when it was going to actually go in front of the judges for a ruling. So uh, it just sort of popped up last week uh, simply because, and the only reason we knew about it, or I knew about it or found out about it was because I got a nice news release from the friends at our friends at the Center for Food Safety uh, talking about the ruling and vowing to analyze all of their legal options, including seeking a full court rehearing. Uh, so unsurprising and from that perspective and uh, lo and behold we go back and check the court docket and, and find the ruling that that says enlist one is or enlist duo is uh, free and clear and the registration uh, will continue so uh, I find it interesting that today the uh, I found something on the Center for Food Safety has also filed a lawsuit just in case you're you're worried about who they're who they're going after next has filed a lawsuit in federal court against the Trump administration uh, and USDA challenging USDA's rules on labeling genetically engineered or GMO foods, uh, which USDA now calls bioengineered foods. So uh, their, their approach to legal action is, is really and truly all over the board. Uh, you've got to admire their persistence uh, in all of this, but uh, at the same time, we've got to keep our focus on, uh, on our industry and the products that, uh, that our growers need to you know, keep producing the, the food and fiber uh, that's necessary on all this. And uh, I guess now with this one behind us, we can, we set up for the re-registration process uh, for the dicamba products that should be coming up this fall. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, I, I'd just say happy, obviously for our listeners, for our farmers uh, on that note about, uh, you know, Corteva's court victory there. Well, I wouldn't call it Corteva's court victory, but uh, the victory for, U.S. agriculture uh, in that, you know, 24D got through the Ninth, ninth Circuit there uh, unscathed. I would note there's apparently a, a monarch butterfly is a big part of this, uh, and that's not a new issue to the cotton industry. In fact, I've been hearing from Don Parker with the National Cotton Council about this issue of dedicating acreage across the cotton belt, across the country, really, for a monarch butterfly migration. And so, you know, that's not a curveball for our industry. And in fact, I think the council in particular has been a leader on that issue and has to this point been a great partner with USDA and other environmental groups in supporting this effort to have designated areas for this insect. Um, so I don't, to be honest with you, it's, uh, it's a curveball to me to see that that was included in that Ninth Circuit language uh, regarding 24D. Um, but uh, certainly wouldn't be it wouldn't have been a curveball to the council and to the cotton industry as a whole. No, not at all. And, and I think that was a difference between these these two different lawsuits uh, on these two different products. The dicamba uh, suit was filed based on uh, you know on on the registration uh, situation with EPA. This one came through challenging uh, challenging the the herbicide from from the Endangered Species Act perspective. Uh, which I, again, it's the same thing that uh, that you just mentioned. That, that the Cotton Council and all the other organizations are work, have worked so closely with EPA over the last few years to make sure 
that that type of information is included in a new product registration. So uh, in this case, obviously, uh, you know, the court just basically said, go back and, and look at your numbers again and, and you know, strengthen things up and, and we should be good to go on it. So I think that's, that's about all we can say on this one at this point, other than, uh, you know, congratulations and uh, glad to keep having that product uh, available to us. Yeah, we only got so many tools. You know, so yes, absolutely. And, and, and the, the toolbox is starting to get a little slim yeah. at this point. Uh, but anyway, uh, back, glad to have you back with us at this point, I'm going to kind of turn things over to you and let you recap what has, what has turned into kind of a long and winding road, uh, to get this, uh, as, as COVID-19 obviously has detoured, uh, the in-person presentation of our cotton achievement award. Uh, to Dalen Hancock uh, out in New Home, Texas, uh, at least until recently. So can you fill us in a little bit on, on what's happened and, and how things have happened? And, and I know you had a good conversation with Dalen. We're going to, going to share that with us, but go ahead and, and give us the background and, and kind of set things up for us. Yeah, yeah, man. It was, uh, it was a long, strange trip, as my man Jerry Garcia might say. Um, we started, well, the, as you to, to set the table here, you know, for everybody, Dalen Hancock uh, from out there near Lubbock, he's, he claims New Home, Texas, uh, like all of us from the country, he doesn't really live inside any city limits. So he, they, I think his closest one is New Home, uh, somewhere in that New Home Ropesville area. So anyhow, he was our 2019 Cotton Grower Cotton Achievement Award winner. And um, you'll hear more about that later. He is universally beloved across the industry. Every uh, association head and other industry sort of stakeholders who we solicit nominees from for our Achievement Award has mentioned him specifically over the past couple of years or so. It was a no-brainer for us to select him as our 2019 winner and things we were going great guns and we were uh, going to uh, have as we normally do a big luncheon where we celebrate Dalen and his his uh, uh, contributions to our industry and we were going to have you know ideally a hundred of his industry peers and friends and neighbors in the room uh, we were going to do it with the support of our program sponsor americot they were they have been great sponsors of this program throughout this process and uh it was scheduled for april 2nd in uh, lubbock texas in conjunction with that texas cotton gin show great gin show and the pcg annual meeting as an aside, there was going to be some nice symmetry there because um, Steve Verrett, who's a great friend of ours and uh, a former Cotton Achievement Award winner, he has been a, kind of a mentor to Dalen, mentioned him as the person who really got Dalen involved with cotton association work and leadership. So there was going to be some great symmetry to host this event in conjunction with PCG's annual meeting so Steve could help celebrate Dalen. Most of y'all can probably guess what happened to those best laid plans. Uh, that were supposed to go down on April 2nd, and that was, you know, COVID-19 arriving slowly on the high plains out there. And so, um, like just about every other event or gathering that was scheduled for that late spring, early summer time period, we unfortunately had to cancel. And so, you know, I made a big gushing post on Facebook about how I was going to, you know, I got to get this trophy in the hands of our winner, Dalen Hancock, and I was going to do it come hell or high water, and um, it just, April came and went, and May came and went, and June came and went, and, and we were getting anxious, and um, anyhow, finally, 
quietly had the uh, trophy shipped to Lubbock, had it actually shipped care of our friends at uh, Americot. That's where they're based in Lubbock. And uh, I got on the road. I wasn't going to get in an airport, but I got behind the wheel of the car with my wife. And uh, we did the Clark Griswold thing across the country. To be sure, made a week-long pit stop in Jackson Hole and had a little vacation out of it. And then looped the long way back to Memphis down south and uh, came through New Mexico and wound up in Lubbock. Was able to put that trophy in Dalen's hands. I think it was around that first or second week of um, uh, July. And so uh, arrived on Dalen's farm and uh, with the help of Americot, I had uh, our sponsors uh, in the form of Doug Fairbanks, who is a sales manager out there on the High Plains, and Cody Reap, who is a sales rep for Americot out there with the, their great next gen seed uh, on the High Plains. The, the company's marketing manager and my buddy Ty Curry was also there. And anyhow, what is normally a big grand event where we have a lunchroom full of 100 folks to celebrate this guy. It came down to uh, about four of us. Uh, and I shouldn't leave out, my wife was a great uh, camera person for this uh, low-key affair, this low-key event. Anyhow, we, we, got, we got it done. I put the trophy in his hands and we got some pictures and I was able to sit down for about 10 minutes and just talk to uh, Dalen about what type of zany year this has been and how that's impacted his operations, not only as a, a advocate and association worker, but also as a farmer, how that's impacted his farm. And so um, that's what this conversation you're about to hear will be about. And uh, he was gracious in hosting us. And man, I was, I was happy as could be to get to put that trophy in his hands. And I'm, and I'm sure he was more than happy to, to, uh, to finally get it in his hands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he was, he was to be sure, uh, but you got to, you know, the, the best part about this job for me, mm -hmm. Jim, and I'm sure you would agree, is to get to meet and hang out with the type of guys who we give this award to. And Dalen is, he's the quintessential Achievement Award winner guy. You know, he appreciated being recognized. He was more excited about, uh, he was doing something in the cab of the tractor later that day, and he had a little granddaughter with him who's probably six, seven years old. She was going to be in the cab of the tractor. You know, he was more excited getting me out the door and being able to get to hang out with his grandkids. Um, but, you know, just an a, a excellent person. And um, it was fun to get to hang out with him for a morning. That's great. That's great. And now, of course, we will move ahead to, uh, you know, to, to the selection process for, for next year's Cotton, Achieve, Cotton Achievement Award winner. Uh, so, you know, we'll start that process soon. And hopefully uh, by January, we'll be in a position to... Uh, not only announce the next winner, but also have some plant solid plans to, uh, to to present the award. But anyway, you uh, you had your chance to meet with Dalen. Uh, let's listen to your interview right now. It's okay, Frank and Jim. Uh, this is Beck, and I'm out here, uh, as y'all know, near Ropesville, Texas, with a, a special guest today. I'm with. Uh, Mr. Dalen Hancock. He is the 2019 Cotton Grower Cotton Achievement Award winner, uh, our honoree, and um, he's somebody who was nominated. To, to give you, you guys a peek behind the curtain, uh, Dalen was nominated by everybody who we solicit nominations for. Um, all of the associations and other folks who we, we reach out to and say, hey, can you nominate somebody for the Cotton Achievement Award? Dalen's name came up <laughs> from all of those folks, which kind of speaks to how well thought of he is. And so I'm sitting in his farm shop right now, and he's listening to me brag on him, so I should probably introduce him. Dalen, how are you today? I'm doing fine. Good deal, and I, and I appreciate you making time for me. I'm actually 
uh, on your farm to hand deliver the Cotton Grower Cotton Achievement Award trophy, which we did earlier today, uh, with the help from our sponsors, AmeriCot and their Next Gen Seed. Uh, we couldn't give this award out without gracious sponsorship from AmeriCot, so we appreciate them. Uh, but I put all those, or the two or three of those guys who were here, uh, back in the truck, and I, I'm just one on one with Dalen at the moment. So again, I want to thank him for letting us be out on his farm today. And um, Dalen, can you just tell me, uh, uh, or I guess I should I should frame it uh, this way: We're here today to give you that trophy, as I mentioned earlier, not only on behalf of Cotton Grower Magazine, but really from the associations that you work with and from all of your farming peers. Um, uh, that's who we give that trophy on behalf of, and so. Uh, we just wanted to say uh, congratulations to you for being the 2019 winner. Yeah, I, man, I really do appreciate uh, you know being here today. I appreciate the the uh, just the honor. I, I uh, you know years ago I remember telling Steve Verrett that as a young man I just said you know I don't know how I want you to you know to plug in but plug me in somewhere. I don't know how I can help the industry, but I'd like to try to do my part. So that's kind of how it started. And, you know, along the way, uh, you just kind of evolved. You don't plan on these things. They just do as you go along. And, uh, you know, the main thing is just wanted to try to do my part in uh, in helping the industry. And I really, really appreciate, uh, you know, Americot, obviously, as uh, uh, a sponsor. We appreciate all the work they do uh, for the industry. But then just all of our industry organizations, wow, you know, when you think about uh, all the all the different uh, Plains Cotton Growers, you know, National Cotton Council, Cotton Council International, Cotton Incorporated. I mean, it takes everybody, everybody working together to uh, try to navigate these uh, these times that we're in now. But anyway, I was I, I do appreciate the award. And while the you know, I can think of a lot of my mentors that were ahead of me that I looked up to through life and. Uh, it's very uh, much an honor to even be thought of in the same class as some of them. So thank you very much. Well, that's great. Yeah, and, uh, you mentioned you rattled off all of the various associations who you give your time to, Dalen. And uh, everybody who's listening knows that this has been a, a, an uncanny year, a different year. And I wonder, uh, has this pandemic that has sidelined so many of us, especially in terms of travel, has that impacted your any association plans that you had this year? I mean, were you planned to travel anywhere that's been cut off to this point? Oh, yeah, def definitely. Things have definitely changed, as you know, we all know. We're trying to navigate these kind of uncertain times, and they're, they're definitely, uh, you know, uncharted territory for everybody. And, uh, you know, the industry, uh, thank goodness we have technology. Technology today, you know, with uh, Zoom and uh uh, the different uh, uh, technological things that are there, social media, different different things that give us. Uh, I'm not good with that. You can tell that kind of dates me some, but <laughs> yeah. but but there's a lot of technology today that if this pandemic had happened, you know, 15 or 20 years ago, I don't know. We we wouldn't have been able to reach out like we have, and that's good because, like I said, I've been on a lot of Zoom calls. Uh, but yes, as far as travel, travel's very limited. Uh, have not I have not traveled hardly any at all. Any at all, and it's changed the it's changed the dynamic, especially whenever you think about. And what I worry about a little bit is the network of sometimes you need to be in a room face to face and across from each other because you just when you're planning and you're strategic planning, doing uh, you know whatever you're doing, it it, it 
we can do it uh, through through uh, vir virtual, uh, not virtual. What's the word? What's the word? Uh, I'm trying to oh, use video uh, chatting in, video yeah, conferencing, yeah, and video stuff conference like that. and yeah. things like that. We can definitely do it that way, but but I worry about the. You know, at some point, I hope we can get back to where we're together some. Uh, yeah. That definitely will help just from the networking standpoint of, uh, you know, just kind of uh, brainstorming and doing it all. Uh, but but it, it is a new way to do things. That's for yeah. sure. Yeah. You, re you remind me of a conversation I was having with uh, a buddy of ours uh, down in Alabama, Nick McMicken, uh, and I was talking to him about this dicamba regulation that came down a few weeks back and just kind of getting his perspective on things. And he mentioned to me that uh, I think it was a year ago, he and a group of farmers had been in DC advocating on behalf of, you know, responsible use of this types of mm -hmm. technologies and stuff. And, uh, you know, you just wonder how impactful those conversations are uh, when they're face to face versus when you got to right. do it over a phone from a thousand miles away. You know, I mean, uh, yes. you could tell that he, it would be nice for him, for folks like him and folks like you to be able to, on important issues like that, to be able to go and, and be face-to-face -face in somebody's yeah. office and have those important conversations. But to your yeah. point. You know. Well, you know, one thing that, that, that I think is going to come out of this, I think it, it is stretching our limits and we're learning things that we didn't know we could do. We're realizing that even through some of these Zoom meetings, and I think, you know, there may be ways in the industry that we move forward in a, in a positive light. I mean, yeah. I'm saying... But I just hope we don't lose, and I think everybody would really uh, will cherish the time whenever we can, especially with your industry peers that you've been working together on different issues and topics and different things, just as you, to your point, that are very detrimental to our industry and will change the course of our industry going forward. Sometimes you really need to be sitting face-to-face -face with that guy or the, that group and getting your message across. So, uh it's going to be different. It'll be interesting to see. I know we have changed on the farm, you know, how at the farm level COVID has affected some things, doing things a little different. Uh, but, you know, it's just part of uh, part of the, you know, this pandemic and the way it is right now and what we're having to do to navigate through it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned on the farm. That's actually what I wanted to ask you about next. What, what are, if any, kind of bigger changes that you've had to think about on your farm in terms of your... I don't know if your your tractor drivers, your your help, yeah. um, or even just going into the co-op, going into yes. the farm store. Are you able to do that and, and get the sourcing yes. supplies and inputs that you need? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been a challenge. Uh, we're lucky in the regard that when you work outside and we, as we do, and like you said, with your employees, most of the time they are separated and kind of social distancing anyway because. You know, you can do a lot with, uh, you know, your phone as far as instructions and orders and kind of the daily routine of what they're going to do. And then they can go and get in the tractor and they're by themselves. But when you have to go to uh, you know, different uh, vendors, it has been a challenge. You uh, you know, we're, we're just practicing everything that, that's out there that CDC puts out. You know, we're wearing our mask whenever we're out and about uh, trying to be... Uh, uh, you know, as, as uh, I guess safe as possible. The main thing that I've seen more than anything through this whole thing, and then talking not only to our industry but other friends and other industries, is how difficult every step is to do. Everything that you do, it seems like each task that you have to take on, 
there's it takes two or three more things to get it done than before. You know, as simple as uh, handing someone at the FSA office, going down and handing them your paperwork, or doing your paperwork to certify, and different things that come, say, with, uh, you know, those type of agencies, then, you know, they get in lockdown, and all of a sudden, oh, you've got to do everything through email, which is fine if you, if you can do that. Yeah. Uh, each step is just taking longer. It's what I've found. Yeah. My day routine, uh, I don't usually get accomplished everything that I was wanting to get accomplished because it's just it's just uh, different times we're in. But we're navigating. We're making it through it. You know, we're figuring it out as we go. Yeah. Yeah, it's really a blessing. I hadn't thought about that going to agencies like the FFSA and needing to do that online now. And I mean, gosh, I know it hadn't been too long since folks from where I'm from just recently got, you know, everybody just got online out in the country mm-hmm. and rural, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Wi-Fi access and broadband access out in the, you know, out in the country yeah. where yeah. inherently most of yes. Cotton Gore Magazine's audience lives, you know, yes. so um, it's a blessing that for folks that are able to hop online and be able to take care of some of these little menial tasks that are just part and parcel of what we do on the farm, you know, as you mentioned. Um, so it's, I don't know. It's interesting not to step on the toes of what you were saying, but no, I, I would agree. I agree a hundred percent. It's a, it's definite, definitely different. And it's, it's a lot harder in some ways, but then there are things that it stretched us to be better at just what you just said. I mean, you know, for example, going back, you know, four, five, six, seven years ago, you know, to be able to email the way we do and and scan documents and send them, and, you know, just different things. We we in the country, I'm just saying, rural America, like you said, we I think we're we're getting a lot better. And a lot of the technology that I mean, these seed companies, John Deere, you know, there's a lot of apps and different things, but that we can do that the technology's there that we can pull data. Like uh, my operations on John Deere, I use that. Yeah. We can pull information and pull things off that then we can send and disseminate that information out. And I'm just saying those kind of things have really helped. Where I used to, you know, we were more hands-on. Yeah. It was a uh, different. So, like I'm to my point. I know it's hard. I said it earlier. This pandemic is not good, and it's a challenge. But it would have really been a challenge 15 or 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, I think even more so than today. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, well, speaking of challenges here on the farm, tell me about uh, just this growing season thus far. But, you know, what, what have you seen? I know you mentioned to me I've had some some storms here. Um, it's funny. I, my other feet on the ground who I check in with out here in the Lubbock area before I came out here had told me that it had been dry in a lot of spots. And I talked to you and that has not been the case a hundred percent of the time on your operation. Is that right? Well, that's, that's true. It, we're kind of in a little isolated area, uh, you know, kind of South of Lubbock in uh, Lynn County, uh, you know, area, kind of Lubbock County, Lynn County region where I mainly farm. We've had really an unusually high amount of rain, uh, in the last three months in the last two months in particular, whereas there's a lot of regions that are dry. They couldn't even get a crop going. There's no dry land, you know, miles and miles of just brown dirt. But our little area, for some reason, uh, for whatever reason, we've had had quite a lot of rain. The storms have come hard and fast, though. Mm-hmm. There'd be storms. That's kind of the nature of West Texas. Uh, a lot of times a storm will come across, and it may, you know, you may get an inch or two of rain, but it may come in, you know, just a few, I mean, literally 20 or 30 minutes. It comes pretty fast sometimes. Yeah. So those kind of rains are detrimental. And that's, we, we've had rain 
but not the kind of rain you'd really like. So the crops look like it. They look, they're pretty beat up. Uh, you know, a lot of this cotton was planted back in the middle of May and it's very ragged looking. It looks like it's been through a couple of, you know, a couple of, of uh, severe storms as yeah. it has. So, uh, so it's a mixed bag. There's some, some dry land cotton, some good cotton. Uh, some of the prettiest cotton that I haven't seen, but they tell me is south down in the La Mesa area. I've heard there's some irrigated land down in there where they have drip or pivot. And it's like a little oasis of cotton in one little spot. And then it's miles of brown, you know, yeah. nothing because they didn't have any moisture, or no rain to get it up. So yeah. that's, uh, so yeah, it's been a tough, challenging year for West Texas for yeah. sure, for sure. Still time to get it turned around, though. Yeah, well, you know, for those guys that, that failed out crops and it's dry, the dry land, they're pretty well done. Yeah. But now the irrigated crop, yes, we, we've still got a chance. And then in my zone, the dry land cotton that we actually kept, uh, where it's had the rain, it looks it looks really good, uh, other than just some damage to the leaves. And we've had some hail. We've actually had to zero some, fail some out. Yeah. Because unfortunately in West Texas this year, whenever you've gotten rain, a lot of times we've gotten some hail with it, and it's been a, it's been a tough it's been a tough different year. Yeah, there's just so many ways to yeah. lose a field of cotton out here. It's yeah. it's it's a well, tough country, but y'all are y'all are tough farmers. Uh, I tell you, Mr. Daly, I'm I'm running long here, and I yeah. and I've used too much of your time today. You've been gracious hosting us, uh, and I appreciate you. The 2019 Cotton Grower Cotton Achievement Award winner. Mr. Dalen Hancock, thank you, sir. Well, I appreciate you, and thanks thanks for uh, all y'all do, just taking care of uh, our industry and keeping us up to date on what's going on and just reporting on the industry and all the news that you put out. I love reading all the articles, and uh, thanks for what y'all do for our industry. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thanks, Beck, and, and thanks, too, to Dalen, for obviously, for his cotton industry outlook. Uh, for his service to the whole industry and, and for the work he does right there on his farm. That pretty much wraps up this episode of the Cotton Companion podcast. Thanks to Beck Barnes for joining us again today. It's, it's good to have you here again, and, and we will rope you back into this again uh, before you know it. Well, y'all know where to find me. I do know where to find you. And thanks also to Dalen Hancock for his time uh, in joining us. Thanks to the folks at Phytogen for sponsoring us, and, and thank you too, dear listeners, for joining us. If you like what you're hearing, please be sure to spread the word and tell your farmer friends about this podcast. They can find Cotton Companion in three easy ways. First, they can go to cottongrower.com at a forward slash companion. So it reads cottongrower.com slash companion, or you can simply click cast tab at the top of the homepage. So also you can subscribe to our channel on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts these days. Or number three, you can sign up for our weekly e-newsletter, the Cotton Grower e-news, and that hits your email inbox every Tuesday morning. You can do that by going to uh, cottongrower.com forward slash subscribe. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. We are at Cotton Grower Mag on Twitter, and you can find us on Facebook by searching Cotton Grower Magazine. And for those of you who like to hold and read Cotton Grower Magazine in your hands, the paper print issue of our August-September issue will be coming your way in the next few weeks. Okay, this podcast is produced by Tyler Hatch and Kim Henderson, our talented colleagues back at the mothership, as Beck always put it, for Meister Media Worldwide in lovely Willoughby, Ohio. 
My name's Jim Stedman, and I'll be back with you in a few weeks for the next episode of The Cotton Companion. For now, on behalf of my own Cotton Companions, Frank Giles and Beck Barnes, we wish you all the best and stay safe. Phytogen thanks you for listening to this edition of The Cotton Companion. To learn how you can thrive with Phytogen, go to phytogen.com. <laughs>